0: If you're interested in running for school board, magistrate, or even state representative, you need Get Elected. From campaign websites and printed materials to platform development and strategy, Get Elected helps down-ballot Republican candidates reach more voters and win more elections on a tight budget. Visit GetElected.org to learn more. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to the elephant in the room on WJAS at 1320 AM. You're here with the Republican Committee of Allegheny County's weekly radio show. And we are excited today because we have a special guest in here today, Senator Devlin Robinson, fresh in from Harrisburg, where they just completed the budget this year. And he also has some other great news to talk about because he was able to defeat Tom Wolfe's attempt to toll the bridge on I-79 here in Bridgeville. Unbelievable.
1: Welcome, Senator Robinson. Thanks for having me, Sam. Glad to see you could join us here. Hey, listen, what do you want to talk about first? Well, the subject on everybody's mind is the budget. We actually, uh, we got some, some really great things in this budget. Number one is the corporate net income tax is going to finally come down. As everybody knows, it's at 9.99% right now. So for 2023, it's going to come down to 8.99. And then every subsequent year after that, we're going to lose, shave off another half a percent till 2031, where it'll stay at, and that'll make Pennsylvania the eighth most competitive state in the union to do business in. Wow, that is a big
0: win because that's always been one of the problems. I mean, here in Pennsylvania, we are blessed with tremendous natural resources. We have an incredibly skilled in a workforce with a very strong work ethic. That's something that everybody that comes here comments on, but we've been uncompetitive because folks that were looking to take and travel somewhere don't wanna take a deal with the federal taxes and then the state taxes on top of it because it made getting a return on their investment that much more difficult. So kudos to you and the Republicans in Harrisburg for being able to make a difference here and get some things done.
1: Thank you. And compounded with that, with the $5 billion in the rainy day fund, increasing Pennsylvania's credit rating. Pennsylvania, I can't wait to hang the sign on the door that says Pennsylvania is open for business again.
0: Well, listen, that, that is awesome. And normally I would be excited about that with the rainy day fund allowing us to take and increase our credit rating. However, I'm concerned with what's happening in Washington and Joe Biden, right? With the runaway of inflation and the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, you know, we're not gonna quite get the bang for the buck that we would have otherwise by having those credit upgrades, which allow us to borrow at a much lower rate. But hopefully, we'll be able to get something done there soon.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, Pennsylvania will have a soft landing if the recession ever comes. Instead of a uh, crash landing, like the trajectory looks like it's going on with the uh, current president and the administration.
0: Well, you know, it'll be interesting when the, uh, the numbers for the second quarter are released. You know, we may be in a recession now and just not know it. Correct. Okay, because we had negative growth in the first quarter. So we'll have to see. But, hey, so that's great. Now, one of the things I was excited when I was talking to you, You and I, during this process, you talked about some of the things you were able to get through in regards to election reform. And that's something that is near and dear to all the Republican listeners out there. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. So throughout Pennsylvania, one of the scourges that we were dealing with in 2020 were the influx of what they called Zuckerbucks. And this was third-party dollars kind of flooding into all the counties to their election divisions. And, you know, anybody could pay for our elections and, you know, most of the money went to Philadelphia and it was, we didn't, weren't able to track where that money was coming from. And so we made that illegal going forward that no third party dark money would be allowed to have any influence on any election in the state of Pennsylvania.
0: So that's illegal. No other third party group could come in and do that. That's correct. That is fantastic. We really appreciate that. Thank you very much. What else did they do?
1: Well, and then we put two constitutional amendments on the floor that is going to come to the voters to see if they would like this trajectory to be changed for Pennsylvania in the future, and one of which is allowing the Auditor General of Pennsylvania to audit the elections. And, you know, that Auditor General will be from whatever party and they will be able to go and certify the Pennsylvania election from now on. And the other one is requiring voter ID for mail-in ballots and for uh, in-person voting. Well, you know what I think? See, I I personally
0: think Governor Wolf really screwed up last year, okay? Representative Seth Grove in the House Government Reform Committee had done a tremendous amount of research, held like 13 hearings, talking about what went wrong in 2020 and what we needed to do to fix it. They presented the bill to Governor Wolf, and he just, without even reading it, just vetoed it. Well, we know, I mean, when you do polling on voter ID, that is incredibly popular, even with minority groups, okay? The ones that Democrats claim, you know, will be hurt. So I think this thing is a no brainer. This is gonna pass and we'll we'll be able to get this, you know, without giving up any concessions there, Mm -hmm. uh, so to speak. So that, that is awesome work for you guys to be able to get that done in the budget.
1: Thank you. And that was the one thing, we even brought up the point of using Colorado as a model. And it's always been a traditional blue state in Colorado. And they have one of the highest populations of mail-in ballots. But what they also have is the strictest requirements for voter ID. If you want a mail-in ballot, you have to print out your driver's license and send it into the elections division. And then they send you your ballot. So, you know, it's just common sense. Mm -hmm. Well, when is common sense going to reach... Pennsylvania.
0: Okay. (laughs) It it seems like governor Wolf has spent his entire term in office, like blocking it. And now we're on the precipice. You know, we're facing a run here by attorney general, Josh Shapiro, who has done nothing, nothing to stand up for the people of Pennsylvania here and trying to take and provide them any type of assurances that their elections are secure, you know? So that's great. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. We have a great team there in Harrisburg on the Republican party.
0: It's fantastic. So
1: these are the few things we've been able to do
0: on election reform. But you also had a number of other accomplishments out there. Do you want to talk about how you were able to defeat, you know, Tom Wolf's attempt to toll? And this is ridiculous. What they had, you have all these projects across the state. When people saw their gas taxes raised, these were supposed to pay for our repair of roads and bridges, but they were diverting. I think was it was $500 million, $700 million was going to fund the state police. We have to fund the state police, but we also have to repair our roads and bridges.
1: Well, that was the problem. Over $900 million was actually oh going to the gosh. state police. Oh, yeah. my
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. And, you know, I mean, that's the issue. We know that we need uh, the state police. We know that they do a great job for us. But, you know, to have that come out of the, the gas tax, to have that come out of the gas tax and, and uh, the turnpike, it was just, it wasn't working. So we actually got that fixed as well. And that's going to be on a separate line item from now on. Fantastic.
0: Uh, let me ask you, so you're able to assure the people in Bridgeville that they no longer have to worry about the tolls going up for that bridge repair and what that would mean to their community, right? And then it's not just the people at Bridgeville and South Fayette; It's every commuter that uses I-79 you know, coming north from the
1: south or going from north to the south. Absolutely. You know, I mean, hey. You never know what PennDOT's going to try. Right. But, and that's why we're there. And that's why, you know, we, we want good elected officials to be there to keep the administration in check at all times. But, you know, Commonwealth Court ruled in our favor that it was unconstitutional for the administration to bypass the state legislature and implement that toll bridge. So, and Governor Wolf actually signed into law Act 84, saying that those bridges will will not be tolled. The work and the scope of work can still be done on them, but they will not be paid for by the implementation of tolls.
0: That is fantastic news, Senator. I can tell you, from one Marine to another, thank you. I'm happy you're there.
1: Thank you. appreciate everything you do.
0: Semper Fi. Now, hey, talking about the budget here, there were a number of other things that were in the budget. Is there anything else that you think that folks should be aware of? I mean, I know I saw we increased basic education funding yes. by what eight hundred and some million dollars?
1: Eight hundred and fifty million. Okay.
0: Now is that actually going to reach a classroom?
1: It's supposed to. You know, those that is going to go to school security. That okay. that's going to be used for what the school districts themselves need see in their own upgrades. So if
0: you're Sorry. one of our listeners mm-hmm. and you're concerned about your child's safety in the schools, you're concerned about your child's education, you should go to your local school board and superintendent and want to know and ask them what are you going to do? The school board meeting absolutely board? right right yep. what are they going to do with this money? And how are they going to ensure that they're protecting your child, you know, and, and ensuring that your child gets the very best education they can. That's awesome. That's yep. awesome.
1: Some other good things in this budget, especially for Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh region, is we actually increase the film tax credit from 70 million to 100 million. So, and in that $100 million tax credit, it'll be $30 million for shows that have multiple seasons, that'll be able to come in to Pittsburgh and use our great communities and and come back. So we're investing in allowing them to come back and continue to film for multiple years. Yeah, we've
0: had a number of series that have filmed here in the Pittsburgh area, and it's always great, it's exciting to see that, you know, because I think... What it does, I also sit on the board of Visit Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. which is the region's agency for tourism. And what it does is it gives people outside of this area an opportunity to see the natural beauty of here and help attract folks to the region. I'm excited because there's a show on Paramount called Mayor of Kingstown. That's right. And that show is coming here to film. They're going to take and use on location the old Western Penitentiary site.
1: Exactly. You know? So I'm very interested in that. And that's that's the great thing about Pittsburgh is there's so many great buildings there's so much history around here that would make a great backdrop for for television shows and movies
0: well you know i'm ex- I said, again i said i'm excited about it now that's the film credit film tax credit it also has its detractors people say because those credits can be transferred and things like that that we really don't receive the bang for the buck okay can you assure the folks that you guys have looked into this and you believe that these are well they're actually justified and uh, are supported
1: Absolutely. You know, these tax credits, they don't just go to the producers that, that are out in Hollywood. Right, right. But, you know, what What it does, it goes to the caterers. It goes to the truck drivers. It, it's it's going to end up benefiting the hotel industry. So our makeup yeah. artists, our the stage makeup hands, artists, ex- the people the that— The carpenters, yes. you know, that, that create the stages. The electricians that pick up the sound. The teamsters the that teamsters, shuttle these folks exactly, around. Exactly, exactly so it's going to make pennsylvania prosperous. Well, listen, that, that that is fantastic and you know, I really appreciate you coming
0: in to update us on the budget. Is there anything else in there that you would like to talk about?
1: Yeah. So, another great thing that we have coming out, the waterfront development tax credit was at 1.5 million per fiscal year mm-hmm. and it's actually going to be increased to 5 million. So, any business that has property along any of the rivers here in Pittsburgh will have a $5 million tax credit to beatify and to invest in that waterfront property to do whatever they want to, to make it a, a public space and allow the residents of Western Pennsylvania to, to visit and, and to benefit. That'll be interesting
0: that. as we look to beautify our area and develop our properties. I mean, obviously there's going to be challenges to be faced. You want to make sure when we have floods, right. okay, which are infrequent, but they, which do occur. You know, that we're prepared and we're ready for those things, sorts of things like that. But yeah, I know we've talked a lot about businesses, you know, on the river. So that is awesome, you know. And so there's a lot of good things. Well, one of the other big things, a big win for you guys, is you got Governor Wolf to sign, what was it, a $30 million increase in the earned income tax credit? That's right. You know, right. so for charter schools and things like that, you got him to take and, and move forward. So what does that mean? Like 30,000 additional students in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania can take advantage of that and leave their failing schools and try That's to get right. in a school, get a good education?
1: That's right. Yeah, with this budget, we're really moving Pennsylvania forward.
0: Well, listen, I uh, yeah, th- this is awesome. Glad you were able to stop in and talk about it. And, I, and one of the things I'm always happy to see, you know, is two Marines, we sit around and talk, okay? You know, what do you think about what's going on here as we look at the geopolitical issues that are out there? Like, look at what's going on in the Ukraine. Are you concerned about
1: that? Oh, absolutely. You know, to have a sovereign nation in Europe invaded by one of its neighbors— because they knew that there would be no consequences from the United States is just, it's mind boggling. You know, the the United States always had a a leadership role in the world. And, you know, I think that everybody from the world over is looking at the United States and saying, you know, where are you? We lived under the last century, you know, knowing peace through our leadership. And you wonder where it's going to go.
0: I'm laughing here for just a moment because as you were talking about the United States and our leadership role in the world here, I just saw a clip a few minutes ago of president Biden on his trip to Israel having to be guided Mm -hmm. to his seat by, you know, the Israelite prime minister because he didn't even know where he was. This is embarrassing. It's humiliating for the United States of America, which is the greatest country to ever grace the face of the earth.
1: Yeah. Again, it, Creates a lot of worry for the rest of us. You know, the United States is, like I said, has always been a leader in the world in national security, but it's also been a financial leader in the world. And, you know, as we're facing this uncertainty of our own inflation, the global inflation that is going to trickle down and, and have an effect on the things that we buy is we don't know the full effect that's going to be shown from the pandemic.
0: Well, we're seeing with... uh our- Inflation numbers that were reported on Wednesday of 9.1 percent it shows that inflation has not yet peaked in this country mm-hmm. you know while gas prices are incredibly high, the administration has tried to make a point about them taking and declining by you know 20 cents since last month. but they're still more than double or a dollar50 more than they were just a year ago, double what they were when he was sworn in. but our diesel prices are still way high you know mm-hmm. they've only come down like six cents. And almost everything we use or everything we buy is transported at one point, you know, by a truck or a ship or by air, by some type of vehicle that's using, you know, fossil fuels. So, you know, this administration's war on fossil fuels is showing no sign of abetting, you know, and I'm afraid that this is going to get worse. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, we have the natural resources underneath the ground here in western Pennsylvania to alleviate a lot of the tensions at the gas pump. And because of permit delays, because of a number of things with the DEP that that the president and and our governor has created these roadblocks for for these companies to get those natural resources to alleviate some of that pressure. You know, I, I just, I wonder where his head is. You know, we have all those natural resources underneath the ground and it can be taken out by our own, neighbors, our own citizens, right here, not only in the United States, but right in western Pennsylvania. Right. It's a no-brainer.
0: Well, the other thing people lose sight of is they don't understand. When we talk about our oil and petroleum products, so many other things are made from petroleum outside of just gasoline or fuel. So uh, only 60% of the oil that's pulled out of the ground actually gets used for fuel. Mm-hmm. The rest goes into making plastics and you know, so many of the other things oh. we rely on. On a daily basis.
1: Petrochemical fertilizers. Exactly. Which, you know, has, has revolutionized the world with the food we eat. Yeah, it's always something. Boy, you wish, when you see and you
0: hear these people, they come in and it's always, you know, fracking bad. This is bad. I, I, they, I, they lack, I think, the understanding of the full context of how this stuff is used.
1: Well, exactly. You know, the United States, we are able to, implement the rules to make sure that it's done in a safe and efficient manner. There's nothing wrong with fracking if it's done the right way. So do it the right way. Do it in a way that, you know, is good for the environment, good for the community. And if there's a spill, then, you know, bring the hammer down. If there's a problem, bring the hammer down on these companies.
0: Well, it's like funny. These people are all against pipelines, but yet that's the safest way to transport this, right? They'd rather have it in truck or rail or some other thing. And that's insane. You know, one of the other things— that bothers me here with these folks when they try to do this kind of stuff is that they're always against this and they never have an option. You know, I've done some su- studying here in the past, countries and states that have the most degree, the highest degree of economic freedom also typically have the cleanest environments. And that's because they have the money to devote to the resources, you know, to cleaning those, right? And so we all care about our environment. We all care about clean water, clean air, okay? But we have to take and utilize the, res- the resources that we have responsibly Mm-hmm. You know, so that we're not taking and changing, destroying our economy, absolutely, you know, and setting our quality of life back.
1: You know, I mean, I breathe the same air and I drink the same water that everybody else does around here, and, and so does all the engineers and, and the uh, the gas companies that are working here. So they don't want to pollute their own environment. Their children are are drinking that water, so you know they're going to do it. They're going to take care of extracting those resources in a safe and efficient manner.
0: Well, hey, I know you have to go, but I'll tell you what, I can't tell you how what a pleasure it has been to have you in here as a guest. You're welcome back anytime. Love to have you come back again. Senator Devlin Robinson, thank you so much. Thanks, For Sam. joining us here on the elephant in the room I on WJAS 1320 AM. It. Hey, John, one of the things that uh, I came across the other day that I think it's pertinent here is we're, uh, right now, we are 114 days away from the election on November 8th, okay? And uh, we need to start, we're way past the time where we need to start paying attention to this election and helping our candidates get across the finish line and win here in November. And uh, there's a lot of distractions going on and things like that. But I came across a uh, letter to the editor from a friend of mine, uh, Nick Hayden. A uh, Nick's in the oil and gas industry, been a long-time Republican, He's worked with Governor Ridge, Governor Corbett and others. But he wrote a letter to the editor that he sent into the Trib Review. I'd like to read it to you and get your thoughts. He says Nick says or writes over the past few days I couldn't help but notice a few, and he puts in quotation marks, Republicans, deciding not to support some of our candidates who won their primary races. He says it sounds a little arrogant and childish to him, so let's get honest here. Never has our party elected a perfect candidate in a primary to run against the Democrat in the general. Perfect candidates don't exist because candidates are human. Now let's get to the nitty-gritty. Our party elected Dr. Mehmet Oz is our candidate for U.S. Senate. And likewise, we elected the ticket of Doug Mastriano and Kerry Del Rosso for governor and lieutenant governor, respectively. He said, these candidates were elected by the majority of our party in hard-fought primaries. And sometimes primary losses sting. He says, now the current cowardly thing to do is to take your ball and go home because your candidate didn't win. And sadly, he said he writes, that some will do this. The brave thing to do, though, is to dry your crocodile tears, lose your ego, find your backbone, clench your fists, And get ready for battle. Look, we Pennsylvanians have an opportunity to turn this state red in November. But we need an electorate that has the desire and will to win. Let us not forget the few Republicans who bucked the party and supported Joe Biden in 2020. Look where that got us. You know, I think he is spot on. I mean, you know, know, again, we had a divisive primary because we had so many candidates on the ticket. At both the gubernatorial and the senatorial level. But that's over. We have our ticket now. And if you're a Republican or you care about the future of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you need to be voting for our ticket on November 8th and earlier if you're using your mail-in ballots. So, folks, we need you to support the entire ticket. Not just one, not just some, but the entire ticket. No reasonable human being can look at what's happening across this country or look at what's happening here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and think that we're headed in the right direction. You know, we just had Governor, or excuse me, we just had Senator Devlin Robinson on talked about some of the great things they were able to get into the budget, but that comes with compromises, you know, and deals had to be cut with the governor in order to get it to the point where he was going to sign that. Folks, there are some astounding things we can do here. <clears throat> you a know, real election reform, whether you want to repeal Act 77 or just get solid election reform passed, it's going to require a Republican governor to do so. So unless you're willing to sit through four years or eight years of Josh Shapiro, where he takes and enshrines this mail-in voting in place, you need to get behind the Republican ticket of Senator Doug Mastriano and Carrie Del Rosso, and elect Mehmet Oz to the U.S. Senate, folks. I mean, I, I can't make it any clearer than that, and hope you take notice. John, what do you think?
2: Amen, Sam. You know I share uh, Dick's sentiment there. I, I hear the same remarks coming from a lot of people in our grassroots here. They're upset that their candidate didn't win, or pledging to support their candidate in the general through a write-in, uh, and it, it's just nonsense. It's going to hurt our party. It's going to it's going to be a distraction. It's going to prevent us from accomplishing great things in November.
0: And, and you know what? It's I mean, I get tired. You hear people, they throw the term rhino around loosely, say Republican in in name only. Well, I mean, I think they should look in the mirror. You know, if you're somebody that can't support the ticket, maybe you're the one that's not the Republican here. Okay. So, hey, just a little bit of introspection can go a long way, folks. Again, we got to get on board with the ticket here and bring them all home on November 8th. We'll take this break. We'll be right back with the elephant in the room on WJAS. 1320 a.m. Republican committees large and small trust get elected to help them reach more voters, find more volunteers, and raise more money. All to get more conservative candidates elected to important down-ballot positions. And all for less than most of us pay for cable. Visit GetElected.org to learn more. Hey folks, welcome back to the elephant in the room here on WJAS 1320 a.m. In our last segment, you got to hear from Senator Devlin Robinson, state senator in Pennsylvania's 37th state senatorial district, talked a little bit about the budget, talked about how they were able to defeat uh, Penn Dodd's attempt and Tom Wolfe's attempt to toll bridges over I-79. We have the other champion here on the line here that I want to introduce in just a moment, who led the fight on tolling along with Senator Robinson and also sits on the House Appropriations Committee. So was deeply involved in this budget process, it's our pleasure to welcome State Representative Jason Ortitai of the 46th State House District. Jason, welcome to the Elephant in the Room.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate being on.
0: Well, we appreciate having you here, you know, and I don't know if we talked about the show. The whole idea behind the Elephant in the Room here that we're doing for RCAC is to give our representatives and our candidates the opportunity to come on and talk about what they've accomplished, what they're working on, the issues that are out there, and not restrict them to the typical soundbite you get through the traditional media. And that's why we wanted to have this show to give our folks an opportunity to come on and talk. And we want to talk to you about the things that you feel should be highlighted in the budget and also some of the things in regards to education that are near and dear to your heart and how you feel it's going to matter or make a difference in the lives of the people of your district as well as all Pennsylvanians. So that gives you a little bit of background on the show. Talk to us about the budget. What was this process yeah, it, like?
3: It, it, it's great to hear that because usually when, when we get a chance to interview on TV or, or on radio, we get, you know, I'll sit down with, a, with someone for like 20 minutes and then 10 seconds of what I said will be on TV uh, or make the cut. So this, this is good. But, yeah, and getting back to the budget, this, this is a very weird budget year this year. I would have to say this is, this is my eighth budget, although it feels like my 74th uh, <laughs> through all these wolf years. Uh, through, through his crazy, insane budget proposals from his $12 to $20 billion tax increase budgets from 2015 to now. Um, you know, you get to, to the last week, we ended up being a, a little bit late uh, from negotiating and, and going back and forth on final numbers. I mean, the governor wanted to put $1.5 billion into education this year uh, when we all knew we were on the cusp of going into a recession. Um, And Republicans in both the House and Senate stood strong and said, listen, we know we have a bunch of revenue coming in this year. We're way over estimates. We're going to max out the rainy day fund to prepare for bad times that may be coming in the future. We're going to pay the bills that we've delayed over the last couple of years because we didn't want to raise taxes. Uh, So we we took care of all those one time costs with ARPA money and extra revenue we had this year. Uh, And then on top of that, we're rolling another three and a half billion dollars over to next year's budget. Uh, just in case we are in that recession so we don't even have to think about raising any taxes or fees for anybody out there this is a good fiscal conservative budget that really puts the state in a position to move forward and you know th- that's the one thing I'm most proud of uh, the other thing we're we're finally allocating the rest of the ARPA money from the feds uh, which I believe is just over two billion dollars you know I, I have to say and, and Sam, I'm sure you agree with me. You know, the governor went on a statewide tour, promising two thousand dollar checks to everybody. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the federal government tried to do the same thing, which is what got us into this inflation mess to begin with. And we were able to talk the governor off of that. It was nothing more than propaganda to him. And we were able to take care of some some pro- some programs that we put in place. We were able to take care of uh, taking the state police even more out of the motor vehicle fund. So we can allocate more money for PennDOT and then allocate even more money for two more cadet classes for our state police, which, which serve our state so well. So those are some really great things here. Um, You know, when we get over to education, we start talking about that. Um, You know, I think it's around 700 to $800 million more in education. The most we've ever put in the largest increase in state's history, you know, states or the, I'm sorry, the schools are sitting on a ton of money right now from from the federal government. We're looking for them to start using that. You know, This is the one thing the governor really wanted. And I I don't know if it was at the end of the day, ultimately the trade-off, but the trade-off for reduction in the corporate uh, tax rate as well, getting us all the way down to 4.99 over the next decade, which is just instrumental in economic growth and bringing jobs uh, to our great state here in Pennsylvania. So those are just a few things. Uh, off the top of my head i mean there's a lot of wins in this budget for republicans and for people across the state
0: well this all sounds good jason you know and as we discussed with senator robinson i mean we're we're thrilled to have stalwarts like he and yourself there in harrisburg you know fighting on our behalf um and you know the being able to reduce the net corporate income tax to 4.99% you know although over time that sounds good but you know is that going to make us competitive with states like Texas or Florida or others that have no income tax?
3: Well, I think what it does is it removes the sticker shock that these companies see when they're looking to set up shop somewhere in Pennsylvania or in any other state for that matter. When they look at it and see basically 9.99%, they're like, nope, we're out. We're am even going to think about it? We're not going to consider it. And then in order to get them to come here, we have to go the corporate welfare route and do tax credits to entice some of them to come here. Um, I don't like that route. I'd rather not incentivize that because I feel like it takes away from our current businesses that are here. Um, But, you know, starting, you know, back in 2015 with this governor where he didn't want to do anything with a corporate tax rate and Republicans have been talking about tax reform, tax reform, tax reform for the last eight years. It's nice to be able to finally get something done. Um, I I know the immediate one percent doesn't seem like a lot, but getting us down to four point nine nine gets us into the top half. Uh, of all the states across the country and being the keystone state we are vital to servicing not only the east coast but the midwest when it comes to production and manufacturing uh, and other services i mean look at our area here in western pa and allegheny county we're like a a mini silicon valley here those companies are here because we have good smart talent we have a great workforce here that is second to none in this country uh, they don't seem to care too much about the tax rate, but if you if you throw that in and we reduce that, I, I think you have a home run here, and uh, and not only economic growth but job growth here too.
0: I couldn't agree more. We're uh, incredibly blessed with natural resources, like you said, uh, a skilled workforce with a, a work ethic second to none, <clears throat> world class education, with the universities like the University of Pittsburgh, Carnegie Mellon, Duquesne, Robert Morris, Point Park, Chatham. I mean, really. You know, uh, look at it from a medical perspective. World class health systems, like UPMC and AHN, there is a lot that this region has to offer. You know, we have an abundance of energy here. You know, beneath our feet. If we can ever get the environmentalists and the Democrats to get out of the way, and let us really explore it. But uh, you know that this these are the things that are important when you look at to try to reattract manufacturing, and bring it back on shore here. When we bring it back on shore from China and these other places, we'd love for them to consider Pennsylvania. And you guys have made a big step forward in trying to make Pennsylvania a place that they should consider. Thank you very much for that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, during COVID and during all the shutdowns, I mean, I know we're still experiencing supply chain issues. You know, I was actively reaching out to businesses that had manufacturing operations in China saying, listen. This is what could happen. And you guys knew this could happen and you didn't do anything about it. It's going to end up costing you a lot more money to have your manufacturing facilities in a place uh, where the communists rule and they can shut you down anytime they want. Why don't you move back to Pennsylvania in our neck of the woods? We have cheap, reliable, clean energy here for you. And you get, uh, like I said, you get a workforce second to none. It's a home run for everybody. You get to relocate. Let's, let's bring our manufacturing jobs back to the states where they belong so we can make sure that we don't have these supply chain interruptions and we don't have a communist country basically shutting down our country too.
0: Yeah, wouldn't that be nice, right? (laughs) You know? I mean, again, the United States of America, the greatest country to ever face or ever grace the face of this earth, and we're being shut down on the whims of the Chinese Communist Party because our supply chain has moved overseas. It's a- absolutely insane and, and, and you know we need to start bringing that back and we needed to start yesterday. Can't happen fast enough. And I know I for one is a, a citizen of the, of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. want to thank you guys for trying to make this a place that folks should should locate. Now one of the other things Jason, that you guys got done with the budget and you'll recognize this because I know you've heard a lot about it from your constituents is election integrity, okay? And you guys got some good reforms in here. Uh, so you want to talk about those?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So w- we went back and forth, and, and everybody knows that the trials and tribulations of trying to get election reform done over the last couple of years. You know, we we ran one bill which would have overhauled the elections. It was vetoed by the governor, who admitted he didn't even read the bill. He just he just vetoed it because of what he thought was in there. Um, we, we even got him to say that he would support voter ID, although we don't have him on record It's actually – signing anything with voter ID, uh, but the way that we wrote everything and the way that we did everything, there, there's really no excuse other than he just didn't care and he didn't want to do anything. Uh, and, and that's what it's been like working with the governor for the last eight years. And I mean, I, I can't say this enough. Uh, he can't get out of office soon enough. Uh, and, and I hope that our, our candidate here takes over. Uh, but yeah, we were able to eliminate private funding of elections, the the so-called Zuckerbucks, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, Miraculously, found its way into Democrat counties and really didn't find its way to any of the Republican counties throughout Pennsylvania, uh, which really drove up uh, turnout for Democrats and in like the areas of Philly, Allegheny County, you know Bucks County, those types of areas. Um, And we we thought, hey, that's dirty money. That that's the kind of stuff that doesn't belong in our elections. And in tandem with that, we created. Uh, a state grant for the county elections offices to I believe it's about 45 million dollars and there are some strings that are attached with that uh, and one of those in particular is that counties are going to have to start camp pre- or they have to start canvassing when the polls open on election day instead of waiting to the day after we we want to know uh, what the election results are we can't have people start counting and then stop counting and then start and then there are some counties that don't even start until three days after the election day when it comes to counting so we, we want to get back to that It was very difficult to get the governor to to, uh, go along with anything. Um, We we saw the governor vetoed uh, Senator Mastriano's poll watcher bill, which I thought was a good bill, uh, allowing people to have transparent access to to view people uh, at polling locations, no matter where they're from in the state. That made sense to me. but Unfortunately, the governor vetoed it, but we were able to get something out of this governor before he left. Uh, I know we're going to continue to work on that, but getting private money, out of our elections, I think that that's a big win for us here in Pennsylvania.
0: Well, Listen, that that's a big step, you know. And uh, you know, as I was discussing with Senator Robinson here, okay, uh, you know, back in 2020, there were a lot of irregularities, you know, and the Center for Civic and Tech Life, which is how Zuckerberg distributed that money, was certainly one of them and a big one. Now, one of the things that uh, Representative Grove tried to address in the bill that you talked about, the governor vetoing was to put in statute how counties had to run their elections. You know, because what happens in Pennsylvania with 67 counties, you have inconsistent administration. Now, some counties, they have drop boxes everywhere. Allegheny County does not. They had one drop box down at the county office building. But what Allegheny County did do, which I didn't agree with, was back in 2020, they had those satellite voting offices that were open for those three weekends in October you know, at like five locations, right? <clears throat> These are the things they did to like you, to your point, to drive out, you know, democratic turnout. And that was one of the things that led me to vote against certifying the election, you know, back in 2020. So, uh, you know, we, we need to get change. And that's why earlier in the show, I talked about, you know, Republicans need to get together behind their entire team. Primaries are over. Okay need to get together behind the entire team, and that's State Senator Doug Mastriano and Kerry Del Rosso for governor and lieutenant governor, and Mehmet Oz for U.S. Senator, as well as folks like yourself who are on the ballot and uh, our state Senate candidates. We need to elect you folks so that you continue to go to Harrisburg and represent us, because Josh Shapiro is not an acceptable answer. It would be a third term of Tom Wolf and worse.
3: You're you're absolutely right, Sam. And and I want to emphasize this to everyone out there listening to the Republicans that hear this. Just because you think and you hear about this red wave that's coming doesn't mean that it's coming if we just sit back and do nothing. We have to get up and make it happen. We need to go out and knock on doors. We need to make sure we're backing all of our candidates. We need to get our friends, our family, our neighbors out to vote. We have to make the red wave happen. We cannot just sit back and think, that the Biden administration and just pointing fingers at Democrats and how bad and poorly they're running this country is going to create the red wave. It's helped, but we need to work. We need people to volunteer. We need people to work polls. We need poll watchers. We need people to go out and knock doors for our candidates. We need people to help donate and raise money. Like, we need all of those things to make the red wave happen here in Pennsylvania.
0: You're absolutely right. And this is one of the things I try to tell folks. They don't understand They think it's all just a matter of what you hear in the media and people automatically pick it up on the news and then it just happens. They don't understand the door knocking, the phone calls, you know, the lit drops, the canvassing, all the things that go into voter contact, you know, to educate the voter and to get them out to the polls to vote the right way. You know, and we have right now, as of today, 114 days until the next election. Uh, But because of mail-in voting, mail-in voting is going to start in September. You know, we need to be taking and focusing on getting our folks who don't always come to the polls, that aren't the four of four and three of four voters. We need to be getting them mail-in ballot applications, not because I'm for mail-in voting, but because it's the law today. And we're just fighting a battle with one arm tied behind our back not to take and use these tools. Right. Whatever the rules are to take and win in November. Absolutely
3: right. And, and that's the problem is the Democrats are using the rules. They're they're working the mail in stuff while Republicans continue to fight and say how bad it is. And that's great. We can do that and we can go after mail in voting all we want. But we still we're, we're getting short changed because we're not going after the same voters. I've watched the Democrats go out. They go out and, and they they look at every single registered Democrat, whether they vote consistently or not, and they try to get them to apply for a mail-in ballot or they try to get them an absentee ballot like they have programs pushing people out to vote because they know that if they got their Democrats out to vote that they'll win. And Republicans have not been able to do that. And we need to change that. We need to get our Republicans who don't vote on a consistent basis to vote, whether they show up at the polls or whether they vote by mail. We need to play by the same rules as the Democrats. And if we don't, you said it, you said it perfectly. It's like, it's like trying to fight with one arm time behind your back. We're, we'll, be, we'll be at a disadvantage the entire time. We need to get a strategy together. Uh, and, Sam, I know you've been working on stuff. I know we're trying to do it also here in Washington County, trying to get, trying to get our voter base out because, you know, I, I'm sure the listeners know this, but, you know, Allegheny County has more Republicans than anywhere else in the state that's a big focus for us. Like Allegheny County can really pull through for Republicans in statewide races and locally too. And the same with Washington. I keep saying if Washington County can squeeze out another 10,000 Republican votes, mm-hmm. man, that would really help us across the state. And we can do that if we, if we focus our efforts just like the Democrats do within our own party.
0: Right. And I know Dave Ball is working like the devil down there in Washington County to make that happen. And I've been doing it here and our increased turnoff. Helped elect our two row office candidates, Tim DeFor and Stacey Garrity, back in 2020. And we helped pass the two statewide referendums questions, which rolled back Tom Wolf's emergency powers. And then last November, we elected three of four statewide appellate judge candidates. And that's because we're getting that turnout here, but it doesn't happen overnight. That's where mailers, text messages, phone calls, advertising all comes into play to try to get the message out and to drive our people to the polls. And, you know, to your point, you talk about the Democrats reaching out to their folks. We're giving them 50 days to turn out their vote and relegating ourselves to one. I mean, in what world does that make any sense? Okay? We certainly need to take advantage of the rules in place, whether we like them or not, and use them to our advantage.
3: That's exactly right. And, and you know, that's going to be vital. And then, you know, you talked about winning the Auditor General seat and winning the Treasurer seat with Stacey Garrity and Tim defour. I, I can tell you, people ask me that all the time. Well, that's no big deal. Let me tell you, it is a big deal because putting Republicans in those seats and those row offices at the state level with Governor Wolf, who thought he was king for the last few years, really caused him to stop and pause. It brought some checks and balances back into play because before that, all those offices were Democrat-run. They all work together. And now we have a way to stop them. We have a way with the Auditor General to do audits, to find transparency, to hold the Wolf administration uh, and all the bureaucrats accountable. Uh, and, and with Stacey Garrity, when it comes to paying the bills, you know she's been instrumental in helping us fight Reggie uh, across the board. You know She's the one that ultimately has to write the check. She's the one that has all the money sitting at Treasury. So you know, she's been very helpful in us fighting back against the Wolf administration.
0: Well, what's important for folks to understand is every year, even though you passed the budget, Tom Wolf would raid the Treasury and was spending $600 million a year plus on things that hadn't been appropriated in the budget. It was like a slush fund or a piggy bank for him. And with a the Democrat there, you know, Joe Torsella, there was nobody saying no. Now, with Stacey Garrity, we have somebody that's going to say no. And hold them accountable. That's big.
3: It, it is because throughout those years, our cash flow balance kept going negative every year. And you know, for those of you at home, it you know it's like your checkbook. It's like you bounce a check. However, with the with state government, you just go out and float another bond to make sure that you have cash in the bank. But you know, throughout the, the last six or well, the first six years of the Wolf administration, we would hit negative cash flow at least two or three times a year, and we'd have to borrow money from other pots of uh, like the keystone fund or or some other line that we had out there. I mean, it was a ridiculous way to do budgeting because like you said, the governor would spend 600 million or a billion dollars more than he was allocated and we didn't have a way to stop him. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, you know, again, I for one am thankful that we have good representatives like yourself there in Harrisburg to represent us. Now, let me ask you a question, Jason, if you could put on your other hat for a second. And that's the hat of Jason Ortiz the candidate. How do folks <laughs> if that listen to you and want to help you How would they take and go about doing that? Where would they sign up to volunteer or to donate to your campaign? Can you tell us that? Yeah,
3: absolutely. You can go to citizensforjason.com. I have info on there. You can donate. You can sign up to volunteer. You can reach out to me. You can also go to uh, my Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash uh, citizensforjason or TTI. Uh, I'm really easy to find. as, As many people out there in Allegheny and Washington County know, i I try to keep people as up-to-date as possible with my legislative pages as well. But uh, when it comes to the campaign side, everything is laid out there on social media. Uh, I'm out and about hitting community events. So, you know, if you see me, come over and say hi. Let's talk. I'll get you on the list. If not, you can sign up online, and I'll, I'll tell you where, how you can get assigned. You can go work a poll. Anything you want to do, uh, citizensforjason.com.
0: That is fantastic, Jason. Thank you. Now, let me ask you, you did all this great work in the budget here, okay? What didn't you get? That you want to focus on for next year.
3: That's a that's a great question. Um, You know, obviously, we want to get back into the election reform stuff again. We 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 recognize that we were able to get a little bit done, but we're hoping we have a Republican governor next year. We can come back and, and and really look at that as well. And then also, too, you know, there's a lot of wasteful spending across state government. There's a lot of extra you know line items that are out there that you know, we really need to look at, at cutting some of our costs. You know, for the last few years, we've been spending and spending and spending. Uh, it, it's really time to start slowing down the growth of government in Pennsylvania. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to getting my arms wrapped around that. Uh, and then the other thing, too, is we need to really look at how we fund our transportation, our infrastructure across the state. You know, if that means eliminating the gas tax and moving to something else, then let's, let's start having that discussion. Let's let Republicans lead that discussion, not Democrats. And let's come up with a way that we can, we can fund our road and bridge projects and not just look at the revenue side, but also look at the cost side and how we can be innovative. Because we all know that government agencies and departments spend money like crazy and they never look at how they can save taxpayer dollars. So those are a couple focuses. Uh, you know, my focus, I, I always try to stay in, like education is my focus. I got six different bills done in this budget in the world of education, you know, ranging from mental, money for mental health, getting it out to the school so they have resources to uh, getting training for teachers so they can teach kids how to read because our literacy rates are falling. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things out there that we need to do. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to another term to, to, to really work on that and, and really push the Republican led agenda.
0: Well, that is awesome. And, hey, Jason, as you said at the top of the show here when we were talking, or the top of the segment, uh, this isn't like TV, okay, where they interview for 20 minutes and 10 seconds comes on and We have one of these reporters just does a narration of what you claim to say. This entire segment is going to be on the show here, and we're so thankful that you were able to join us today to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Ortitai, State Representative, the 46th Legislative District. Jason, thanks so much for joining us today.
3: You got it, Sam. Thank you.
0: So, John, we just heard, we heard from Senator Devlin Robinson, we heard from State Representative Jason Ortitai. I mean, these are two warriors who went to Harrisburg and fought on our behalf here for the folks in Allegheny County. And I think we got some good results. I mean, it's not everything that we would have wanted, but I think like voter ID, which is huge in the minds of our constituents, uh, getting that set up to be a referendum question or constitutional amendment, I think that's big. You know. And the budget here, taking care of the future with the rainy day fund, controlling some spending, all in all, I think they did some great work. What do you think?
2: Uh, I, there's a lot to be thankful for. Uh, me personally, I, I'm thrilled that they got rid of the tolling on I-79. I mean, I get I get annoyed just driving on the turnpike. So, <laughs> I mean, that alone just really like made me happy. Though, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of great things about the film tax credit. Uh, you know, bring more movies into uh, uh, you know Allegheny County in Pittsburgh. Uh, I was once an extra on Mine Hunters. Uh, oh wow! Uh, uh, yeah, Netflix uh, season two. I think it's episode four. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to be an extra on Mayor of Kingstown. If I could be, you know, uh, one of the inmates, okay, <laughs> you know, put me in the orange jumpsuit. Sure, yeah.
2: that'll be great. Yeah, if I if I see uh, advertisements for it, I'll send it your way. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I think there was a lot a lot of great stuff to be thankful for. Yeah. So.
0: Well, well, listen, folks, we really do appreciate you joining us today for the elephant in the room here on WJS thirteen twenty AM. Uh, you can hear us every Saturday from one to two p.m. and we're trying to talk about the things that are of interest to you. Again, you'll, we'll be back next week, but what we'd like you to do, again, remember, Election Day is 114 days away. need to start paying attention, need to support the ticket, and need to get out there and vote. Again, this is Sam DeMarco and John Schneider signing off from the elephant in the room on WJAS 1320 AM.